0: what it is what's up war damn eagle in a cut uh the tell us is a societal podcast and we have auburn content today uh as we do often when it's something good we you know we here try to speak about the good and um ignore the bad but thankfully it hasn't been much bad recently um so today i typically like to get about you know three takeaways done and then let you guys go on your way. But on this one, it's going to be pretty tough. You know, was a lot of, a lot of discussion to be had, good and bad. And I'm going to have to go over a couple i things when to try to, I guess, segment a few takeaways into certain segments. I um, have about seven here, about eight, eight. So we'll do about four segments uh, and let you guys go on your way. Uh, like, share rate however you go about doing that uh reading or viewing this podcast episode try to engage with it if you can Uh, i should have safe social media in the description if you want to hit me up on there tell me if i'm sulking or i'm doing good you know just either one uh and yeah let's get on to the break so i was pretty frustrated at this point and uh, the the workhorse i used i don't believe i can actually uh, enunciate or repeat here but uh the off-court minutes with uh cooper very bad very very bad i don't have any advanced stats pulled it up but a tweet i believe by tom green at thomas underscore verde Sharif Cooper went to the bench with 4.43 to play. I don't believe he touched the court again for the rest of the first half. I may be incorrect, but I don't believe he did. Uh, Auburn outscored Missouri 33-19 with him on the court in the second half. Um, Alright, so with that, I um, I was looking for more of a first-half stats, uh, but... So I, this this was about 59 minutes ago. The game wasn't over yet, but goes um, to show you. I, I believe the gap would have been even more so if it actually concludes to the second half. But essentially, the final score was about 39 to 35. Uh, I think Cooper left with about an eight-point lead, and Missouri regained. I think they regained the lead at some point in that stretch. No, they didn't. They they regained it early second half when Cooper went out with I believe a a um. A charge in the cramp or something like that. But 3935 in the first half. Cooper when it was in when he was in, they pretty much led by about eight plus for the majority of that half, when the majority of his time in that half. Um the simply put, the off the off court Cooper minutes have to be better. And I don't know how you make that happen, to be honest with you. I don't have a suggestion per se. Uh I do know that obviously with Powell would be a little bit different. I to me, I feel like you have to try to find more sh- shooting. That seems to be there they're just they're gonna force it in there. It's like a round peg, square hole. They're gonna try to force it. So you have to create more shooting somehow. Uh, these guys are not particularly adept at um, passing the paint, which is a kind of a point I will expound on more later. Um, which they weren't very great at that last year. Uh, period. Cooper's pretty much been. The only really good pa- point, or the only good passer into the post that Auburn has had post the Harper error, um, and they weren't like even, like they, they should have been better in the post even then, but you know, just running on that point. But they, they definitely need to be better with other guys. Um, Flanagan had missed a couple of guys that were pretty much out of his purview. Uh, you can call a ton tunnel vision if you want to, but pretty much like what he sees as far as passing goes is what's directly in front of him, what's in his line of sight. He's not going to see guys that are out of his, even his uh, corner of his vision, so to speak. And he missed a couple wide open dudes in that situation. Um, had some really bad turnovers in terms of like, I think he tried to do a lob. Uh, tried to do a couple other ones earlier that I just can't remember right now, but pretty, like, you know, just kind of routine pass that just did not work. Um, he had three turnovers. I believe one of his turnovers were attributed to Cooper. Um and that was a the of one, I believe. So, about four turnovers, which isn't great, but, you know, it, it is what it is with him right now. You know, he... He's gonna take some pretty bad shots. Uh, he's going to kind of force his way to the paint whenever he feels like he needs to uh, he, he's very raw, a uh, very raw player. And uh, someone <laughs> someone in this forum uh, that I posted on, I think it's a pretty big game. I think it was the um, the Gonzaga game or something like that. He was uh, comparing to Russell, who, Russell Westbrook, if you don't know, shoots a lot uh, and doesn't really care about the quality of the shot. If he feels like it's a shot he can make, he's going to take it. That reminds me a lot of Flanagan. He's going to gun. I mean, he's just a gunner. He's a gunner and past him uh, Jalen had a pretty I would say pretty I mean he was just outmatched like all game was outmatched he was asked to defend their 7-1 or 7-2 center uh, as a, it's like a 6-8-4 just was outmatched all day height wise uh, and all that missed a couple easy ones uh, made, got a couple of free throws in couple of times where he was open on the pick and pop from three and either Cooper or Flang just like didn't give it to him. Um, I don't know what that's about. Jalen has a very slow shot. So sometimes it was open. What looks open with him isn't really particularly open, but I mean, he's been a pretty decent three-point shooter from what I remember. So probably should get the opportunity kind of stretch the floor and would have helped a lot of, little bit. Uh, Jamal Johnson was terrible on offense. Uh, had was decent on defense. Uh, had a block. His man usually would get in the like vicinity of the paint, but he made it tough. I mean, he made shots tough. He didn't really get blown by too often. Uh, but, I mean, 0-7 from the floor, 0-4 from three. Uh, just bad, bad day. Uh, I would really like to see Berman get some, sh- just a couple of minutes. I know with how adept their guards are, especially going to the rim, primarily going to the rim. It, might, it would have been hard to get Berman in there, especially in times where you had Shreve on the court, who is horrible in defense. Um had pretty good effort. Uh, had good effort. Had a couple of really smart charges that got the momentum going, but it's horrible in defense. Um, him and Berman together would have, whew, uh 82 points would have been an understatement, I think, to what we had, uh, gave up at some point. Uh, I think Franklin, I don't understand why Franklin not get more minutes. I just, I don't. For the life, I don't understand how the rotate. Like Bruce Pearl's smarter at basketball than me, and than I ever will be. It's it's a fact. I understand that. But Franklin is objectively speaking, probably the best guard defender they have other than Flanagan. From what I see, I mean, Camrys you can contend up there, but Camrys is more of a bigger body. You don't really put him as much on a you know drew smith or uh or uh, especially the uh the guy that got fouled out uh pinson yeah pinson you don't put him on pinson he's a bigger body so as far i feel like and about the same I think Franklin's about six, six and then uh cambridge is about six, six. Six, seven and 270 so pretty much i mean built like uh flanagan for the most part. just like an inch difference He's versatile. He can defend. He can body up on guys. He moves well with his feet. He also can play in the post like more than just about anybody except, you know, maybe Flan. Uh, as far as the the uh, wings go, maybe Flan. Maybe Cambridge. So I would, I think I mean three minutes for Javon Franklin, who gave you two field goals in those three minutes. Uh, you know, tough defense. Only one foul. I, I just don't see why he didn't get minutes over Jamal Johnson, who objectively speaking was probably the least uh, I would say least necessary out of those the starters if someone had to get replaced it probably should have been him but I digress um so yeah the solution uh, to me the closest to solution with off-court minutes you have to find a way to um to, to get I think I think I would say you want to get Thor involved the most out of the the other guys that you need to stagger minutes for like Jamal Johnson is a good shooter, but right now Franklin and Moore seem to be pretty capable shooters. And Cambridge is obviously a volume three-point shooter and enough of himself when he's on. Uh, he can do a little bit more other than just shoot than Jamal Johnson. At least he can kind of drive a little bit more. Um, so I would say you want to get Thor in there involved. Your I think your sixth and seventh man is obviously at this moment uh, Cambridge and Cardwell. Cambridge being more assist man, Cardwell the seventh man. So, try to find again the point minutes. Surround him with uh, Carwell and Cambridge, and try to stagger minutes with Thor if you can. Probably the most versatile scoring threat on the roster other than Flynn and Cooper at this moment. Um, Newlands number two, collective shot choice IQ is non-existent. So I say to say like the the shots that are being taken. You know, I it's been a i don't say a problem because when it's on it's not a problem but like jamal johnson catching the ball off of an off ball screen like stepping like one or two feet into the three-point line taking the longest two possible like when you're not even on as it is that's just a dumb shot uh flanagan had a couple of you know flanagan have a couple ones every game just makes you say okay this is this is not it but uh for the most part i mean you know, it was okay. I mean, and then, you know, I, th- I think Cambridge usually plays within the system, especially with Sharif is on there. Um, Cardwell, you know, he only had two shots, but he, you know, he got himself down there. You know, I, th- I think he, he plays his game uh, as well as possible. Uh, I, I really, really, for this particular game, I, I would say my uh, qualms are probably more so with Williams and Jamal Johnson just maybe better shot selection all right going from there we're going to move on to the next one uh let you guys get a break not to hear my voice for at least a couple seconds and i think we we really start getting a little bit more uh positive after this so yeah um this one i'm going to try to just speak through because you know it's these two pretty much have like the same just underlying theme uh, number three, the comprehension of the paint is non-existent. So very often, um, guys uh, on this team would like kind of, especially in this, this non-Sharif minutes where like you'd have like pretty much two or three guys that work around the rim all in the same lineup. There was one position in particular where Jalen was posting up on, I believe, I don't think it was Tillman. I think it was somebody else that was in for that brief period of time. And then, when that happens, and Flanagan passes to him, and it's a decent look you know, it's one on one look. Williams has about the same frame, it's about the best look he got all day. And then, Thor, at the same time the pass is coming in, he cuts to the paint. So then, his guy just helps off and helps defend Flanagan. Uh, Williams, when he goes up with a shot, and it obviously was a miss. I, you know, those those instances happen so often where a guy on this team, you know, will be floating the three-point line for so long. And, I, you know, with Flanagan at a point, it's kind of like you're going to get missed you know, if you don't get his line of sight. As I referenced earlier, I get it. But, like, you just can't cut to the paint when somebody else is already in the paint. like, And is about to receive the ball. Like, that's just objectively not okay. <laughs> and that's that happened a couple of times here. Uh, Dudes driving to the paint, uh, having a trailer or an alley opportunity and they just horribly mess it up. Uh, I, I think a lot of the problems with that comprehension, as I put it, goes to just guys not being able to like really understand the intricacies of being a facilitator. Um, and very often, I mean, Pearl system does take the ball out of the hands of the forwards as much as possible to try to prevent those opportunities from being abound. But even the other guys right now that are not Bigs, quote-unquote, are not exactly doing great at setting up. And I mean, I think I think college tends to have a lot less guys that are apt, like off-ball, you know, dribblers. Or not dribblers, but facilitators. Uh, also not particularly good at dribbling either, but you know, that's a different argument, different different situation. And our offense doesn't... If we're in a little bit of motion, uh, often trying to get Jalen... Um, Jalen like Tillman off of Jalen when he's going to set the on-ball screen for Sharif I guess to kind of prevent the uh, chance of a chase down block or something like that. So that was interesting. That was an interesting set. They kind of ran a couple times, but for the most part, the, I had to fuck like paint. I saying the paint was just not there, especially in the non-Sharif minutes. Uh, number four, when I really just went out of the way, why did Jalen Williams cover Tillman so long? So if you look at the minutes here, Jalen played about 22 minutes, and I would probably wager most of those defending their center, which is um, obviously uh, Tillman. Uh, the Tillman has to be 7 foot. They lift him to four on ESPN. He has to be 7 feet tall. 6'10". So 10, 260. He only has, quote-unquote, 2 inches on Jalen. Uh, I would disagree. I would say he's probably closer to about seven feet than, than that but he also has about 30 pounds from Jalen you could certainly tell that uh Jalen looked like a little not to be disrespectful to job, you know I gonna never be disrespectful to a basketball player that's just not my MO but <laughs> really a little boy on the dude I mean it's just this is what happened I mean he, he had a couple moments where help came he did his job you know but for the most part I mean Tillman just I mean 11 free throws 9-14 from the floor. If he has a, a decent shooting day, like a league average shooting day, probably getting close to 30 points. And, uh, you know, he killed it. Uh, that's all I can say. He killed it. Um, but in the minutes where, you know, Stretch got on him, I mean, Stretch had five blocks straight up. Like, let me double check that. Yeah, he had five blocks. I mean, he, even Thor had four blocks, but Thor did not really play. He didn't really get those from being the on-ball defender. But Stretch, I mean, he actively gave that dude a hard time. I was thinking to myself, like, Carwell also did a decent job on him, but Carwell was just a little bit too antsy, in my opinion. Like, he just gave him way too many opportunities. And some of them were kind of just tough bang-bang calls, but I I definitely, Stretch was by far the best defender on that guy. I mean, he, you know, you can say whatever you want about him, maybe also accruing fouls, but he... Made it's like the hardest. It's just that simple. And uh, let's move on. Uh, I like, shout out to Stretch. Shout out to, I mean, shout out to Jalen for being the body that, that, you know, worked on him. I mean, off, more often than not, I think JT has had the quote unquote five matchup um, in previous games, but this was, you know, JT just didn't have the body to go with this dude. And well I guess they didn't want to, you know, I, I understand starting Thor and keeping the continuity. Thor's probably one of the best offensive threats on the court open it up early. I think you leave Carl on the bench where he's, you know, better used, but uh, they were, I I don't know. I don't know. Bruce Pearl, he was playing the fire with, with, uh, with that one. So the next couple, uh, the next one definitely was uh, just a rehash. Stretch was a lifesaver. Uh, offensively, you know, stretch is not going to give you much at this point. I mean, he just doesn't, he doesn't have a functional outside shot. Uh, he's not a great rim runner off of picks. He, um, doesn't have a back to the basket game. He's just not offensively adept. And that's just him. It's just going to be what he is. Uh, he said a really, a, a really good couple of screens for Sharif. They got Sharif going to the rim, uh, isolated. One thing I got complained about to other places uh, before this game, is that we just didn't have a really good screen setter on this team, and it you could tell when it hurt Sharif because I mean he'd be trying to cut and then like his guy is still basically on his shoulder instead of being on his back, which is a, a pick should if not completely isolate your guy off of you. If you're talking like a point guard getting getting hit by a five, uh, his screen as will sit. You should at least get like put you on your back versus being directly on your hip the entire way through. And I think Stretch to me had the best screens I've seen set for Cooper. Uh, period. Just since Cooper's been here, so shout out to uh, Stretch for being kind of like the unsung hero of this game. Uh, point Flan disgusts me. You know, I. <laughs> you know, I, I'm. I don't know. I mean, I, I. The wording of that may sound a little bit like I'm being an asshole. I, I get it. I'm not trying to be. But man, dude, those. Like, you see three assists versus three turnovers, you're like, okay, well, it wasn't, you know, a hemorrhage, but, oh, man, it was it was tough to watch, dude. It's just so many times where you can kind of tell that the role of being a PG, the ability to balance, I need to score and I need to set up, that's just so few and far in between, especially in the college level. And, uh, man, that was tough to watch. Uh, I think he I still say to this day, I think what's going to or what has helped him in his uh, draft rise is that he is a better facilitator and a better uh, you know, I just run the ball to the court, just setting up things, um, than probably about ninety five to ninety nine percent of three and D dudes coming out of college. Like he is he has a he has a, a literal gift in comparison to I don't know, Kawhi Leonard or or um Matisse Dybull at what he wants. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Matisse was a great facilitator either, but you know, maybe they're not comparable. But the point being, like, he does have that small amount of point guard ability in him. It's just that when it's being used in the the uh the the lack, I guess, the lack, the dearth of Shreve Cooper on the court as well to kind of take the ball from him when point flan doesn't work out, and you know that's really tough. That's really tough. Uh last couple of turn uh takeaways and we'll get out of here. I'm sorry for the, the uh, long winded rants and discussions. All right, I'm tired as heck. Man, I got a vaccine earlier today, uh Moderna if you're wondering and it's been just fatigued city, to be honest with you. I've never been this tired of my... You know, I go to sleep very late, very often. I Usually, I'm good to go till about 2. But, I'm. you know, it's 11.25 right now, and, recording and I'm just barely holding on to this moment. So, uh, number seven, I love Chris Moore and Javon Franklin. Yo, you, if you need... Like, people always think to themselves... I really loved Horace Spencer. I really loved, uh, you know, Deshaun Murray. I really loved Simeon Bowers. You know, I love love those cats. The the guys just do the, the unsung stuff. These dudes, especially Franklin more than more, because more like stretch, what well, he basically was like not touching the court. But uh, Franklin, you know, kind of always got like spot minutes. Even when Tyrell was there, who kind of took a lot of his minutes. Um, spot minutes, well, like, he pretty much been on the court to like. Pass the ball off to Cooper in the half court and got the way on defense. You know he'd really bring on defense, but like he wasn't as engaged, I guess, because of the lack of inclusion in the. Just it seemed like the entire game plan of the team, but as of late, man, um, just been great on defense. I mean, like I said earlier, very versatile, uh, works well with in, in conjunction with Flanagan, with Thor, with those guys. Smart, kind of. But just know you know like a lot of times with cooper and um johnson like they try to stay in front of the guys he just gets like past them and it's like the next line defense is like who you know cambridge you know good gonna go down for some blocks gonna go for quite a few blocks maybe get a couple of fouls that way but franklin's smart man even you know playing the support role in defense that like, he's gonna like make sure that like he at least put a body on the guy. He doesn't foul very much either. He, uh, in this game, he had, what, one? I want to say one. I think I said it earlier. Yeah, he had one. He doesn't foul very much. And I mean, one foul in three minutes probably isn't great spot. He doesn't foul very much. He's very smart. Um, he's, he you know, like, if we go back to the other game, the game before this, his shot, while people can say whatever they want, but the low time, yada, yada, he finds his spot on the court, off-ball, off-screen, et cetera, et cetera. Gets his shot up, it goes in, which is a lot more you can say, which is a lot more you can say for quite a few guys. Uh Chris Moore stayed same situation. Uh more so, you know, kind of helping the fours out and um defending some of their, I guess, you know, bigger threes that they came in. But uh, you know, put some body against some guys, you know, play tough with dudes. Didn't make it easy for anybody. Um, good hustle minutes, four-four from the court, three of three from three. Uh, Only one rebound, but he kind of didn't play too much around the rim. I mean, he kind of bodied, and, you know, he's more so, like, if you think about rebounds in the sense, like, one dude, if you have a a center that really accrues a lot of rebounds, but he's not, like, the primary, like, uh, matchup all the time around the rim, like, think Andre Drummond. You Sometimes you just have other guys that come in and kind of corral the rebounds themselves while you just played a good defense. And after Drummond, sometimes it happens. Here, I think Chris Moore played good defense when he was asked to around the rim. Uh, gave good 14 minutes. I thought he's probably, uh, if you thought in aggregate, I would probably say he felt like the the third best player in this game to me. Uh, you could argue Cambridge. You could argue Stretch. You could probably really do a good argument for Stretch, but I think Moore gave pretty decent defense while also being like a good spacer um, and just pre- contributing the what third highest amount of points so I mean he him and Franklin they, they definitely appear like these are your next year if you get a healthy um, Powell you get Jabari and you get Alexander these are going to be like your 13th man 13th and 14th man you know and to have guys that are legitimate like good SEC players like round on the bench that's going to be it's insane for Auburn uh Quite a state of affairs to be in. So we are finishing off here. I think the Baylor game is going to be a double-digit loss. I, I I wrote down on here. I thought it's gonna be ass-kicking, but I don't know. You know, I don't. It depends on the defense if Auburn comes out. Like Auburn can play. You saw it in this game. You saw it in the Arkansas game. When Auburn is focused and is able to keep the point guards in front of them and out the paint, which a little bit spotty when you have a five eleven point guard and a six four shooting guard. I know it's tough, but when they can do that, I, I think they're fine. It's just that penetration, they have some really bad help defense. And that even in this game contributes a lot of open three pointers. Now Missouri is a bad three point shooting team. Arkansas wasn't as bad. And I don't think Bears gonna be Chris. I think Bears be pretty good. So um that that's tough. You know, you gotta really find a way to to mitigate that as much as you can, uh, I, you listen, man, Dave I mentioned might like, like the best point guard defender, uh, or maybe maybe the best guard defender period in college basketball. Uh, everybody remembers him well if you've watched for more than like two seasons. Uh, he's he's a stud on defense. He's got a really good offense. Uh, he's got like I think a couple inches on Sharif, and probably about twenty pounds I would say at least. It's going to be a tough matchup for him. Past that, Jerry Butler, another good defender. Uh, probably eliminate Jamal Johnson for the most part. Maybe you know you run cam to the two try to mitigate that. Try to see if you can like a, just fight fire with fire. Maybe maybe they both is pretty much get neutralized. That probably the best case scenario for Auburn. And then you got um, Maceo Teague, who's another guard or another. Well, I, I want to say four, but he's about six four. Um, so undersized four, but he plays a three. Um... I guess you you match matching against Flanagan, my COT is really good. I would say Flanagan should probably win that matchup, but it won't be easy, especially the way that Flanagan plays as far as, you know, just aimless driving sometimes as they look for fouls. There's going to be very few fouls in that game. I can tell you that right now, you know, just on the road against a team that's the number two team in the NBA, right, college basketball, you don't win the foul uh, contest very often in situations. And I think it's really going to be one of the the Fords and the centers. Because um Vidal for Baylor is also a very like kind of Swiss knife type of dude. But they got a new center from last year. They had a dude Galepsi, Freddie Galepsi, who my short time of watching him, he's pretty good. Uh I think they had to do flow bomb or some shit like that. Um RP. <laughs> <Not R. P. laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say RP Mobamba is cool. I was gonna say RP Mobamba song uh shout out to shake west and the real life mcbomba but that's gonna be tough that's gonna be a really tough matchup um but i think that's gonna have to be where the game is won gonna be a lot of lob threats a lot of hopefully successful paint uh entries and thankfully i think Jalen should be closer to at least uh vidal size i don't know about uh Othamba. I believe Fledama is a traditional center, so that might be tough again. Gonna need a lot of uh, card I need a lot of uh He's gonna to be able to play smart. And four fouls won't cut it against these guys. And overall, I mean, foul troubles just won't they can't be as as gung ho about just jumping at the ball uh this time around. They're gonna have to be smarter. I see it right now probably being about 83 to about 70, if I have to guess. I think Cooper probably get his you know overall but it's gonna be I mean if you thought Arkansas could run that double defense well and like also adjust off of it uh Baylor do uh Butler and, and Mitchell Ugh. but anyway I hope y'all enjoyed I don't want I don't want to end on a negative note. I really think honestly I think it'd be a W if bill if Arm kept it within 10. That would be regardless of win or not that would be a massive W and a a very large sign of improvement from the Gonzaga game because I can com- I personally believe that Baylor is just as good as Gonzaga if not better with the fact that you know Baylor's just played a stiffer schedule to this point than the other team has and they look comparably as dominant uh against some of those better teams. So I, I would say you, you keep this within like five that's a W in my opinion. That's just how I look at it. All right, um, that should be about it. I uh, hope you all enjoyed this episode, and hopefully, we have more, more positive news. Like, Power can play. He probably shouldn't play that game, but hopefully, he can play soon.